welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am happy to spend Thursday afternoons in the drive home with you. We are based here in Seattle, Washington, and this is the show that helps you discover your voice and tell your story. And right now, that's very significant because this is National Novel Writers Month, or as you might know it, NaNoWriMo. Or if you're in my group, it's just RIMO, meaning Writers Month. So this all got started some time ago with a challenge to write every day for the month of November and get your manuscript to 50,000 words. And if you checked in recently how long 50,000 words is, well, that's about half of an average-sized book. So half of it done just in the month of November. Or if you want a nice smaller book, bam, over. Or if you want a long dissertation, done. But the idea was that you would consolidate your time You would be in a community with other writers, and you'd be getting support, and you would be focused. Well, I like this idea very much, and I was teaching a writer's workshop, I want to say fall 2016, something like that, when it was brought to my attention that NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writer's group was going on in November. So ever since then, I've just had this idea that I'd kind of start my own. So if you are in that, I just want to say thank you so much for participating in my Facebook group. If you want in, just tell me. I'll get you in. If you have questions about it, send me a note. You can always communicate with me through Facebook and my uh, address is Debbie Handrich. It's D-E-B-B-Y, and Handrich is just like it sounds, H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. You can go over to my professional page, which is Coach Debbie. That's also D-E-B-B-Y. And you can go to my website, which I don't think has a darn thing on there about NaNoWriMo. But it is a way to get in touch with me. You just click on Connect, and we'll be, we'll be connected. That's what it's all about. And my website is www.coachdebbie.com. Coachdebbie.com. Or if you want to be frenzies, you can send me an email. And that's askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. All right, like I was saying, we are here in the Seattle area, and we're taking your calls today. If you have a question about being a participant in the NaNoWriMo or about writing anything or really about what's your purpose for writing, what's your whole reason for doing it, what motivates you to write, If you want a little coaching on what you have been writing, if you're feeling a little stuck, any of those things ring true to you, give me a call here. I'm at 1-888-298-5569 or 1-888-298-KKNW. 
same same number. And when you call, guess who you're gonna talk to? You're gonna talk to Eric, who's right here today. How you doing, Eric? Hey, good afternoon, Debbie. Great to see you. I'm doing good. Good. Yeah. And look at the beautiful sunshine out there. I know. Beautiful day here in the Northwest. I'm I'm digging fall so far. Oh, and that's that's the right attitude to have because while we are low on the rain so far, uh, we did have to fall back last. What was it? Sunday. Yeah. And we. Are can't. you adjusted to the new time? No. Are you? <laughs> Me neither. No. <laughs> I, I'm getting better at it, but you know my cat just does not observe uh, daylight savings or standard time. You know, see, he's set in his way. So right at eight thirty, which would have been nine thirty if not for the time change, he starts hassling me about getting him his breakfast. <laughs> so oh, wow. I'm losing the hour of sleep, regardless of the fact that we, you know, fell back. <laughs> I do know. <laughs> I standard do time. know. In Seattle, evening comes early for four months and one week out of the year, November to, oh, what is it, March 8th? I've already checked. <laughs> so we we are, you know, about 5 o'clock. It's getting a little dark, and, oh, pretty soon it's going to be 4.45 and then 4.30 and 4.20. But you know what? If you're a nighttime writer, any of you, uh, that's a good time to pick up your pen and get going with it. And I only say that because that afternoon time can be sort of dead time. And it's a great time to just put on your agenda what you're going to be writing about next. Works really well for me. Give it a try. Also, one thing about falling back an hour is... I think we actually do it for the farmers, so we get a little more light early in the morning, and that works well for the writers. If you want to get writing early in the morning, at least in the Pacific Northwest, you have one extra hour, you could think of it that way, of light. So we're talking about your writing today. We're talking about getting really serious for 30 days straight in November, honoring NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing Month. So send in, write in, call in your questions, and I will address them right here on the air. There's a lot, a lot of reasons for you to be writing. Some people that I work with say, I've always been motivated to write because I wanted to help children. And I've known that for a long time. I have one writer right now who is uh, back and forth between writing nonfiction for adults but writing children's books. And um, by the way, she's looking for an illustrator. If uh, that might be you, why don't you go ahead and get in touch with me and I can help you make a connection. She's always been inspired to help children by way of writing. So take a minute and think about that. What do you have to do if you want to help children and you are a writer? I mean, for one, you have to kind of think like a child. You have to bring yourself into their vernacular. 
which is minus a good tens of thousands of words compared to what you might be saying on a day-in, day-out basis. So anyone writing for a child is thinking about how to concoct a meaningful message, but to do it with a very, very limited vocabulary, but to also do it very succinctly, because if you've checked lately, children's books are usually mm, 10, 12, 20, 25, maybe 30 pages long. And if you get an older child, longer, but not that many pages to get your message out. So there's a real art in that, to be able to sit down and write a story that's going to captivate a child to match it with, of course, the images that's going to keep a child active, but really to impart a message that a young person is going to nibble on all throughout their life. Because think back now, you have your favorite stories, and some of them go way, way back to being just a tiny little kid. Something I remember from being a tiny little kid is this line. I used to read it. It was from my brother's favorite book, and one thing I really enjoyed with my brother was reading to him. And I remember this line. It was from the little engine that could. And the line was, I think I can, I think I can. And it was all about getting up the side of the mountain and delivering toys so that the children could have toys. But it was this inspirational, I think I can, I think I can. It was this ongoing, almost mantra. So it took the wisdom of the of the Sufis, of the Buddhists, and it brought it to children in just one little repetitive line that me at age 53, every now and then when I'm a little stuck, I find that line going right through my head. Yeah, it's not something I have to work on conjuring. And why does it go through my head? Because that story was a huge success. That author was driven to reach children. And remember, anytime you're trying to reach a child, you're actually just trying to reach the innocent side of an adult. Yeah, that's my take on it. So you got to come back to that vernacular that is simple, but also refined, that has meaning, that is timeless, and that will be carried in the heart of the child who will grow to be an adult and who will count on that story always. So I really, really loved meeting up with this client who said, yes, I want to write because I really want to help children. That's a calling right there. That's answering to a hero's journey of being in the vocabulary that works for a child and that will inspire a child and give joy to a child. 
Now, maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe what you like to do is scare us. Maybe you're into vampires and ghosts and goblins and everything we were all up to last week at Halloween. Maybe your stories are full of fangs and the boogeyman and all that good stuff that I don't read about and I can't speak to with any expertise whatsoever. (laughs) But there is a huge genre for it. And I have noticed in the NaNoWriMo uh, forums and blogs and Facebook groups that I've been peering in on that there are tens of thousands of teens at it right now, writing with conviction in that genre. And it blew my mind. So I've been signing up this last week for all the NaNoWriMo groups I could get into. And mostly this is to gain perspective. Who is writing what? Teens, many, 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 many teens all over the U.S. and especially all over the East Coast are writing scary stuff. And I don't mean scary and bad. I mean scare you out of your out of your bed and running down the hall in fright scare you. Dracula scare you. So the real trick there is to, of course, keep your your reader on the edge of their seat to give them something that keeps their teeth chattering. But again, to bring home a message. That's what we're doing when we write. Doesn't matter if it's for little children or it's for people that want to be scared. There is a message in our writing. And if we're doing it well, we are clear about our message. We are focused on it. And this NaNoWriMo month gives you 30 days in a row to really intensely go for it. Might be the only month out of the whole year that you do. And mostly because it's becoming tradition to participate. Now, even though we are at the seventh, is it the seventh day of the month? I think it is something like that. Sound good, Eric? Seventh day of the month? That's correct. Good. Even though we're at the seventh day of the month and you may or may have not been participating for the first week, in my mind, it's not too late. Jump on board if you are focused to write something this month, get it going. Seven days down, but a good 20-some in front of you. Let's go for it. And while you're at it, why don't you send me a Facebook message and tell me, what is it you're writing? What is it you want to be writing? Or what is it that motivates you to be writing? Another motivator is the spiritual realm, and that is the mission to be a voice of peace. That's something that really, really motivates me, is to have blogs and articles and books and stories and themes that really motivate people to look into their heart and lead a heart-centered life. 
And this doesn't mean to be gooey and romantic every minute, although I'm not against gooey romantic stories, but it is to encourage you to think, what does it look like and in what ways is it meaningful to live your life from a place that's motivated by loving as opposed to fearing and by giving as opposed to taking and by engaging as opposed to withdrawing. That's something that has really come to inspire a lot of the writing I do. It's not because I'm good. It's not because I'm better. It's just because I want to. It's what motivates me. And it's what motivates many people. Unfortunately, I haven't found it to be in the league of the tens of thousands of teens that right now are writing fantasy, gore, and scary stuff. But it is a genre. Some people call it self-development. Some call it self-help. Some even call it psychology. Some call it esteemed writing. Some call it spirituality. I tend to call it spirituality. But really, it's the notion that we could be a little more peaceful if we took the time to share the stories of love that is in our heart and that are in, are in our lives and, and that we could be sharing with others. So what's inspiring you to write? Think about it. Maybe drop me a line during the break. We're going to go to our first of two, but we will be right back. Hi, I'm Kathy Cooper, and every Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m., I'll be hosting Lost and Found. We'll be discussing all types of losses, but it's not going to be the doom and gloom hour. It'll be an hour of education, support, validation, and yes, we will have a little bit of humor. So won't you join me Wednesdays, 1 to 2 p.m., Lost and Found, because every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. There are many sounds in your day-to-day life. There are sounds that wake you up. Sounds that make you smile. Sounds that energize you. And sounds that help you relax. But there are some sounds that can alert you to danger and can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts, now on many mobile devices. Use a unique sound and vibration to bring you information about severe weather events, amber alerts, or other emergencies in your area. With critical information from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know, wherever you are. For more information, visit ready.gov alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. 
This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. Hello and welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. This is your host, Coach Debbie, and I am talking to you today about NaNoWriMo, which is the National Novel Writers Month, November 2019. And to honor it and to honor my brand, I want to tell you that I am hosting my second author's mastermind. This is where you learn to hear the author's voice that wants to write your book. And it's not the same voice that's out to prove or out to gain. It is the voice that is truly clear and focused and ready to write the book. And part of the reason I offer this mastermind is because many people say, I can't hear that voice. I can't find that voice. That voice is only with me in spared moments of the morning or in occasional moments of the evening. How do I tap into that voice? Well, the trick is once you are tapped in and, as Esther Hicks says, tapped in and tuned on to the voice, you really can't say goodbye to it anymore because it's, it's your honest voice. It's who has always wanted to express herself or himself and get that story out. If you want tips and tricks and a lot of guidance so that you too can have an author's voice, I invite you to get on board with my early bird registration. I'll be taking 12 people into the author's mastermind. You can learn more about it at coachdebbie.com or just send me a personal message on Facebook and I will respond to you as soon as possibly tonight and we'll get you going. It's only a three-question application and you're on your way. All right, and did I mention it's early bird? Yes, it's early bird right now for this 90-day author mastermind. So while we were on break, I checked my Facebook message, and I have a message from Carrie who says, thank you so much for replying to some of my posts in the NaNoWriMo. I wanted to reach out to you because I've just discovered you have a talk radio show about writing. Wow, so cool. Hey, can you give me a tip about my writing? I noticed you said that there is never a, there is never a need to prove, only a need to express. Am I coming across as someone who is trying to prove herself? I am referring to the comment on November 4th. Okay, um, let's talk about that. Sometimes 
sometimes writers are, mm, they're really in your face. You know what I mean? They're, they're, and I'm not talking about, about fiction writing here. They're really in this urgency that you need to follow them, you need to buy into their brand, you need to do it today, all of that. But what I find so interesting is that behind that voice is often a real conviction full of a message. And if, if we are, are tuned into that, we're sharing what's so important. It's not so much of what's urgent, it's what's important. So, Carrie, I can't remember what it was right now that I read on your page, but I'm sure I was only replying to a question that you had posted. And what I want to express to anyone is if you feel like what you have to say is important, then speak from that place. Speak from the place that you know how much your topic has served you. But less about this urgency that we've all got to do something this minute. And less about the idea that you're going to miss out if you don't follow me in some way, shape, or form. Because I know it serves for a marketing standpoint, but in terms of, of having people want to read your book or enjoy your articles, it's more about really addressing what is important. On that note, I want to share with you a little something I found from uh, the National Writers Project, where a gentleman sat down and he wrote a hundred reasons why he writes. And some of these might, might shock you, but let's take a look at them. One is he says, I write to lose myself. And I related to that one right away. I think as a teen and in my 20s, I was using writing solely almost to escape. Here's another one. I write to tame myself. Think about that. Have you ever used writing to sort of tame your emotions? Get in touch with your emotions or even just find out what your emotions want to tell you. Another one he shares is, I write to discover how to survive. Mm. Now, one reason I find that really intriguing is a lot of writers admit that they feel very isolated and very alone. I used to have this running joke with my writing coach, and I said, I align more to being a teacher because if I was to align more, with being a writer, I would have to align with my belief, and that is that writers are neurotic. <laughs> and he would say, Debbie, do you really think writers are neurotic? And I'd say, well, it's just that I think when I'm lost in my writing, I'm often neurotic, that I take my crazy to my writing because it's a safe place to go until I iron things out. 
and then I can talk to the public. Writing does speak often to the more introverted sides that we have. Because keep in mind, most of us are partially introverted. It's very rare to find someone that is 100% introverted. But whatever percentage you are, I think I'm probably 40% introverted and 60% extroverted. That 40% of me, she knows she can go to her writing. You know, I can go to my journal and I can find a safe place to put my ideas and work them out. I can tame my emotions there. I can be at home. So I might start by feeling a little neurotic, but as I work with my writing, I find myself clear a path that takes me to something that feels a little more sane, that's something that's really wanting to be shared, and, and something that usually, I hope, will serve. So I just wanted to bring that up because Carrie wrote in. She saw that I was looking at the little pieces she was posting on her Facebook page. I was giving her a lot of thumbs up, and I was responding to some of the questions she has. Let's jump into the word she used, one word she talked about, which is proving. Um, I think this is a strong thing that many, 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 many of us feel as writers. We want to do some proving. And think about this. What are you proving if you can write? I can remember being a teen and having arguments with my father about how I was doing in school. He wanted me to bring home 4.0 perfect report cards every single time. And if I had an A minus, I, I remember needing to have an explanation why there was a minus behind the A. And God forbid I bring home a B plus. I had to do a lot of talking around that. I was really trained to believe that I'd prove my goodness by way of grades. And I don't think that was his intention. I think his intention was to help me learn to value studying and to give my time to my talents and to see school as valuable. But I didn't take it that way. I took it that I had to do well in everything and prove myself always, no matter what. And so I remember very well, and I, I wrote so many times in my journal, someday I will prove to him that I am a smart girl when I publish my bestseller. Now, the good news is I got over that. I got over needing to publish a bestseller because I came to find out what a bestseller really is. And it, it, it can kind of hurt when the goal is to be a best-selling author because it, it has a lot more to do with quantity, getting a book out into the world in a condensed amount of time 
always around the release date of your book. It really doesn't have a lot to do with how well the book was written or how many people read it. That That's more of a New York Times bestselling author or a book publisher award or a Nobel or a Pulitzer Award. That's not really what a what a general best-selling author is. So my whole plan was wrecked when I learned that because I didn't really care if 10,000 people put their hand on my book. What I cared about was having fabulous authors write these reviews of how wonderful my book was so that I could be at peace with my dad and prove to him that I really mattered in the world. What I did instead was I got involved in a 12-step group <laughs> because that's what I really needed to do. I, I needed to come to peace with the idea that as I grew older and older, it wasn't about proving to dad or to fans, or to Oprah, or to anyone that I could write. It was really more about giving myself permission to express myself and to come back to what's my purpose. My purpose is to talk more and more about how I see love in the world and the avenues in which I want to share that. One is around being a a heroine on her journey, and writing what is her heart's desire. I help people do this in my my story, You Coaching. That's one of the things that empowers me. And it takes me away from that desire that I got to prove myself to someone that was always looking over my shoulder and wanting to know what was on my report card. I was recently on retreat with some ladies that are they're kind of in the battle right now where they want to prove things to their fathers and their mothers and their children. And they want to prove things to Oprah. And they want to be on the best-selling list. And they want to prove to their husbands and to their employers and to that teacher that wronged them so long ago They want to set the record straight that they can write and that their life has meaning. And I think they will just as soon as they stop trying to prove it. And as soon as they sit down and decide that all those words that they're committed to, whether it's the 50,000 that every person in the NaNoWriMo is doing in November, or whether it's the 120,000 that their publisher has given them as a goal, whatever it is, as soon as they release the idea that they must prove themselves through their writing, they will have made it. Because again, it is in the writing. It is in sharing your story. It's in being vulnerable. It's that commitment to sharing and exploring what you really want to say 
and expressing and being honest. I could say it in so many ways. It's in that that makes you a success. And all you have to do is spend five minutes in it, and you are a success. You don't have to prove it to your publisher by making 120,000 words. But if you do, all the more power to you, because you'll have a book. But don't feel like you have to prove it. I say this from, from a lot of experience and a lot of belly aching over wanting to be one that matters to so many. It was a long and arduous road before I realized I can have full manuscripts in my closet waiting on me to take my carefully edited eye to them. I don't have to rush. I don't have to be with the, the publishers that once were publishing Faulkner and Hemingway. I have to do what makes my heart sing. And what I found is helping and teaching people to write their books makes me even happier than publishing my own. My highest value is around teaching. And when I came to understand that, I really didn't have anything to prove with my books. I just had a message to express. And so I want to invite you, dear writers, dear readers, what is it that is inspiring you as you do your NaNoWriMo month? And if you care to, send that in to me, and we'll talk about that. We're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. We are honoring that this is the National Writing Month. 
This is November 2019. If you are catching the replay, I invite you to consider that any month can be your month to set out and put down 50,000 words in writing or whatever goal suits you. If you'd like to learn more about my author's mastermind and how I support writers, please go to www.coachdebbie.com. And if you would like to work one-on-one through my book writing program, again, go to coachdebbie.com and click on Connect, where you can book a $59 consultation. We'll go through your ideas, and if you decide to move on to any of my programs, uh, that $59 will go towards it. So we are talking today about what inspires you to write, and I really want you to come back to your purpose as a writer. Your purpose is never about proving which we were just talking about. Your purpose is not about getting stuck in the idea that all will be well if I get on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. It's not that I don't want you to have a goal. Go for the goal, sure. Go for the gold, sure. But don't feel like you got to prove it to Oprah or anyone else. Do it because something inside of you is inspiring you. I was saying that some of the people that work with me have said that what inspired them was to help children. I feel inspired to help peace movements. Another thing that inspires people is that they want to release a memory. This is very common, especially among the people that I coach through memoir writing. Hang on one second while I get a sip of water. Memoir writing is when you not not so much write your biography, it's when you write about some theme in your life story. It could be just about anything. It could be, Lori, I'm going to get to your question about this in just a minute. It could be about um, the, the one I've helped people with the most, tell you the truth, is alcoholism. It could be about adopting foster children. It could be about being an educator. Could be about being a fireman. Could be about growing up poor. Could be about growing up rich. It could be about any theme in your life. But what makes memoir writing really good is if it doesn't necessarily cover your entire life, but it covers the ups and downs, the consequences, the journey, but really what you learned and what you want to express about that memory. So when people come to me and they say they have a memory they want to release, often they're dealing with some sort of of healing or trauma, but Often they're dealing about some sort of heroic journey they've been on and they didn't even know it. And they have a story that is going to impact a lot of people and usually far more people than they've even recognized or considered. 
Another one is that people say, I want to write to help others know that what they're going through is meaningful. And I think that is a brilliant reason to write. And that comes back to what I help people with, and that is the heroic journey where we all want to know that what we're up to matters and has purpose. This ties into what Lori has said. She just wrote in and said, thank you so much for this topic today. As you know, I have stepped away from my desk in the last several days. My husband is losing his mother right now, and our home is occupied right now with three new foster children. I am hopeful that we will be able to keep one. The other two, the twins, it is not likely. However, you know I am working on my memoir about my experience as a foster mom. This will not be my first adoption. What I want to ask today is around fear. Is it common for people to fear that what they write is totally self-indulgent and really doesn't belong in the world after all? Oh, wow. You know, Lori, I, th- I think a lot of us, wow, I think a lot of us go through moments while we're writing and instead of feeling like our author's voice, that committed mindset is in charge of the book, up comes what we call the ego. And I've done a lot of study around the ego through psychology and through mysticism, but what I want to tell you right now about the ego is that she, she's not a bad girl. The, the ego is actually, she's one who puts your armor on. She knows where you're vulnerable, and she knows you well, and she knows how to protect you. So her message to you might be, you're being self-indulgent. Why don't you go do something else? And by listening to the ego, you get away from having to promote your life purpose and put your words on paper. Can you see that paradox there? The ego is always protecting you. The, The mission is good. Let me protect you. But the outcome, if the ego wins... Mm, it's it's often not based in your purpose. Because again, the ego is wearing a lot of armor. She wants you to stop and to do what's safe and to fall back into comfort. And maybe what's more comforting than writing about being a foster mom is actually being a foster mom. Maybe much more comfortable is um, finding ways to lean into the ordinary as opposed to lead into the extraordinary and put your experiences on paper. That's pretty extraordinary. Ask 
how many people in the world are writing their life memories? Not that many. Not at all. So your ego's at work here, and she's at work to protect you, but she's keeping you small if she wins. And it's kind of the way that proving keeps us small when the ego wins there. Really what we want to be doing to honor this National Writing Month is to commit to the words we're going to write and to say, even if only one person ever reads this, even if this ends up in a drawer for a while until I'm ready for it to be in the world, even if it serves a smaller audience, even if it's hard for me to share, it's worth it. It's worth it because it helps me remember that what I'm expressing matters. It serves. And what you write can serve in your local small town community. It can be stories that you only read in your circle. It could be something you publish. It could be something you put on your blog. Heck, it could be something that you and Oprah sit down and hash out. But it doesn't have to be all that. What it has to be is meaningful to you. It has to serve the purpose you most desire. And I really want to bring you back to what you most desire. Because your ego is going to have a different desire. It won't be your truest one. It'll be the one that looks kind of shiny. But also protects you. It's so paradoxical. But your ego wants you, on the one hand, to be seen by the whole world. And on the other hand, to quietly, confidently put that thing away and do other things. One thing I'll tell you, Lori, and everyone else that has made me proud, is even when I hold back on posting a blog post, you know, whether it's 10 minutes or a day or even a year, I really give myself permission to write down anything I want to write down. I no longer worry about the idea that Someday someone's going to find it and think I'm a kook because people already think I'm a kook. (laughs) If they find my writing and think I'm a kook, it'll just validate that they already thought I was a kook. Really, I don't know that I write things that are so, 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 so private that they're not part of the human experience. So I don't really worry about that anymore. But what I do do worry about is, am I surrendering my writing where I can't afford to be seen? In other words, when the critics come up and say things, will I not be able to afford that? Will I go down because of it? Or am I ready? Am I ready because I wrote from the place of my real purpose? And therefore, there's no real need for armor anymore. 
it's fulfilled my purpose. And wherever we're fulfilling our purpose, our, our ego doesn't really have a job. There's no job description when you're standing 100% in your purpose. The armor, it's just not needed. When you know you're committed to writing that article, that blog post, that brand, that story for your writing circle, the story for the mom who's also thinking of adopting a foster child, whatever it is, when you are committed to that desire, your ego's out of a job. It has nothing to do. And so it fades away. And I am forever grateful for the day that Robert Holden, my writing coach, told me that his ego had never been published. And I said, what do you mean? Our ego's never been published. You mean there's certain pieces of work we write? What, what do you mean? And he said, I write to satisfy my life purpose. I write from my true inspiration. That's not the ego. The ego's got a totally different agenda. And so, therefore, the ego never gets published. And that, my friend, was very reassuring. Because any time we set out to honor something like the National Novel Writing Month or something to that respect, we're really committing to our voice. We're saying, I want to see as many words as I can conjure. I want to see them in this notebook. I want to express myself, and I want to do it without worrying that if someone comes across this someday, they're going to think I'm even more whacked than they already believe I am. Because I hate to tell you, here's the truth. We're surrounded by people that judge us, and every now and then they think we're a little wacky. So if they run across our writing, well, it would sting. It would. If it's going to sting so bad you can't handle it, find a really safe place for it. You can do that. You have really safe places. Find them. But don't let that fear that some wacko is going to be discovered. And for that reason... It's not worth writing. It is worth writing. It's totally worth sharing who you are and finding your audience. And that's what a lot of people are doing in the NaNoWriMo groups right now. They're focusing so much on the idea that what they've wanted to express, they're finally doing it. It's that month before the holidays start pouring in and they get so busy it's when they're willing to commit. They're coming back to that author's voice and they're saying, this matters because I matter and my message matters. And they know it. So I want you to know it. And I want you to join us. Think about my author's mastermind or get yourself in a NaNoWriMo group. Until next Thursday, keep writing and I will see you back here. Namaste, my friends.